The Chicago White Sox beat the Seattle Mariners 9-6 to on Wednesday. Sox won the series and showed a lot of guts in the process. One of the more satisfying wins of the year, in my opinion, Michael Kopech did not have the return he wanted, nor did Aaron Bummer, but Aloy Jimenez helped us forget all about that. Uh, West Coast trips have been problematic for the White Sox, but a series win against a red-hot Mariners ball club is a great way to start. You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Lockdown White Sox. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Locked On White Sox. Today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you so you never have to go to a dealership again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom.com and check out thousands of great cars. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk White Sox. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Michael Kopech made his return and the defense did not make things easy for him. Uh, White Sox offense battled to an erase uh, an ugly start, and the Miguel Cairo-led White Sox pulled off one of the best wins of the season. State of the White Sox, 69-68, and 68, still chasing the Cleveland Guardians, of course, in the AL Central. There are 25 games left. Uh, in the season. Uh, Sox beat the Mariners Wednesday afternoon, 9-6. to six. Uh, White Sox won the series. I got to say, Wednesday's win, one of the most rewarding, satisfying games of the season. Uh, I have talked about how this team uh, seems completely different uh, in, with regards to the energy and attitude side of things since Miguel Cairo has taken over. Uh, it's almost impossible uh, to not see the changes unless, of course, you are Steve Stone or Paul Sullivan. Uh, but despite the excitement that we feel as Sox fans, defensive issues continue to plague the Sox. Uh, they also have struggled to score runs uh, and have failed in critical spots with runners in scoring position. Definitely saw that in Tuesday's loss. Uh, but on Wednesday, the Sox managed to erase a four-run deficit against a very difficult pitcher. Sox also overcame some of their own defensive issues and bullpen problems to beat a tough Seattle Mariners ball club. Very, very satisfied with how the Sox battled back and how they were able to tack on some critical insurance runs late in the game. 
Wednesday's 9-6 win, that game was, if you if you missed it, and you didn't watch it live, but you kind of knew what happened, saw the score, saw the final, all that stuff, you would, you would go back and watch that game. Uh, and if you watched it live, you'd probably go back and watch it again, at least I would, uh, even through all the bad stuff, because you know what is going to happen at the end. The Sox, they struggle on the West Coast. They have for years... Uh, this was such a satisfying series win. A uh, couple things uh, I had, you know, kind of noticed, and I know there's a lot of folks that picked up on this: the defensive struggles. Um, you know, Andrews, uh, he he made a play, tried to make a play, running out to the third base line, popped out of his glove, went into foul territory. Okay, uh, maybe it was Mancada's ball. Mancada's got these leg issues. We'll talk more about it uh, later in this episode. But other than that. Uh, Elvis Andres has played solid, smart uh, defense at shortstop. What do you do when Tim Anderson comes back? Is it a foregone conclusion? He goes right to sec, uh, shortstop, and then maybe you try to slide Elvis Andres to second? Or do you keep Elvis at shortstop, see maybe if Tim Anderson uh, can play second base? Easier throw uh, from second. We know how Tim Anderson can sometimes uh, make it problematic for Jose Abreu at first base. But uh, aside from that, there's a lot of question marks at the second base spot uh, after this season in the offseason. And there has been forever. Uh, I, I officially became a season ticket holder in the 2017 uh, season. And I think every year since then, I feel like there's been a different second baseman uh, on opening day. You know, we thought we we had things answered with Nick Madrigal. I don't see Harrison, you know, I don't, I don't see why you would keep him around. Uh, he had some issues uh, again on Wednesday. You've got Danny Mendick. You know, he was in the booth on Tuesday talking to Gordon and Benetti. He was having one heck of a year before he got hurt. Uh, so Mendick maybe is a possibility. Romy Gonzalez, you got Sosa, of course, uh, that we've seen just a little bit uh, from. Uh, it just seems like every offseason, it's got to address second base, got to address right field, DH. Uh, these are things we'll definitely be talking on on this podcast in the offseason. Uh, I don't know. The typical Sox thing is to just, you know, Go with in-house situations. They're not going to spend the money. The money is tied up in a lot of other ways, which we'll also uh, be discussing. But with Harrison's miscues uh, on Wednesday, just got me thinking more and more about what needs to happen uh, at second base. Uh, Mariners, you know, they're a hungry team. Uh, it is well-documented. They have not been to the postseason in what, 20 years, 21 years? Uh, and, and they're leading the wild card right now. They're playing some really good baseball. They've got, they've got some power. They've got pitching for sure, not just starters, uh, but also bullpen. I can't help watching a, a White Sox-Seattle Mariners series and not think of that series in the year 2000. Uh, if you're of a certain age, uh, that White Sox team in 2000, uh, they were a fun team to watch. They won the AL Central, uh, played a wild card team in the Seattle Mariners. And, you know, I had uh, tickets for the next round. Uh, it, it just felt like the Sox were going to get past the Mariners. Frank Thomas had that amazing year, and they just fell flat against the Mariners in 2000. Mariners eventually lost to the Yankees in the ALCS. But again, can't help thinking about, you know, how we talk about the Sox haven't won a World Series since 2005. The Sox have limited 
uh, playoff spots uh, in X amount of years. Mariner fans haven't seen their team in a postseason since 2001. Uh, that is absolutely uh, insane to me. Uh, but the Sox took care of business in a tough place to play against a very uh, difficult team right now. Aloy Jimenez getting a lot of action at the DH spot lately. I'm going to tell you why, how uh, he is making things difficult uh, for the front office. More on that in a moment. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the U.S. of A. and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Uh, it's time to get off the couch and back to work. If your tool needs an upgrade, head to bluechew.com so you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information and we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring uh, this podcast. What a bizarre game, uh, especially from the offensive side on Wednesday. Uh, Seattle Mariners had Luis Castillo going on the hill. Uh, he was a pickup at the trade deadline from the Cincinnati Reds. Tough pitcher, tons of movement and action uh, on his fastball. Uh, Castillo struck out the first six batters he faced. And then in the third inning, A.J. Pollock struck out to lead off the inning. So the first seven White Sox hitters struck out. Uh, excellent movement, uh, mixing things up and down very nicely. Uh, Josh Harrison finally broke the strikeout streak and grounded out to shortstop in the third. Fourth inning, the Sox were in a 4 nothing hole at this point. Uh, Castillo, he looked locked in. Uh, so, you know, really just one at bat at a time, maybe, you know, get a runner on, uh, maybe there can be uh, a bloop and a blast. Uh, Andros led things off with a walk first White Sox base runner, uh, there in the fourth. And then Aloy Jimenez again in the DH spot, uh, blasted a two run home run to cut the lead in half Jimenez for DH in 2023. What do you think? He has been in that DH spot quite a bit uh it just it's interesting they're they are not putting him in left field uh the injuries continue to pile up for him let's limit that you are on this team for your bat uh, we got a lot of guys like that there's going to be some difficult decisions this offseason by the front office uh, with guys that 
you know, can potentially play outfield, but they also can be a DH. Are you going to have a platoon? Are you going to go with one guy? Uh, we shall see. But Jimenez is making things very difficult on the front office. He is having an outstanding second half to this season. Uh, continued it uh, on Wednesday. Sixth inning. This is where things got really interesting uh, for the White Sox. It has been a while since the White Sox flipped the script on a starting pitcher. Uh, and you got to see it in action come to life in the sixth inning on Wednesday. Sox had one hit coming into the inning. It was just that Aloy Jimenez, a two-run home run. Sox had something going early. Zavala and Elvis got on. Uh, Elvis with a bunt single. Not a bad decision at that spot in the game against a very tough pitcher. The third baseman was back. Why not? So you got runners at first and second with nobody out. Mancada, unfortunately, could not have a productive at-bat. Uh, he flew out to short right field. Uh, but Abreu comes through, punches one past the second baseman. Zavala came around to score. You know, Jose Abreu. Uh, has not had the power this year. His numbers have not been where we traditionally see them, uh, but he still has the ability to, to get those hits. Uh, again, another difficult decision uh, for, for this front office. What do you do with Jose Abreu? His contract's up at the end of this year. Uh, again, something we'll definitely be getting into uh, as the offseason uh, approaches. So Aloy Jimenez then comes through once again, a double down the third baseline. Sox tied it up. Gavin Sheets with a sack, a sack fly, and the Sox took the lead five to four. Castillo was on cruise control. Amazing how things can unravel. Andrew Vaughn crushes a double to tack on another run, and Castillo is knocked out of the game in the sixth inning. Six, four, Sox. When everything was said and done, uh, eighth inning, Sa Aloy had his third hit of the game. Garcia was a pinch runner. He stole second. Wild throw gets him to third. Only one out. Gavin Sheets drives home. Larry Garcia with a bouncer to shortstop. Uh, Garcia really running on contact. Some serious small ball uh, right there uh, in the eighth. Gave the Sox the lead, 7-6. to six. And then the ninth inning, what a wild inning. Sox manufactured a pair of insurance runs, put the pressure on Seattle, and it was encouraging to see the Sox not get complacent with just a one-run lead. 9-6 Sox after the top of the ninth. Sox offense, nine runs, eight hits, three extra base hits. Sox were three for eight with runners in scoring position. Aloy Jimenez, what a game. Three for four with a home run, a double, three RBIs. And really, it all started in the sixth inning for the White Sox. Great to see them continue to tack on runs. We know Seattle can score at will almost. Michael Kopech and his new facial hair did not have the type of start he would have wanted. I'm going to tell you why it was not necessarily his fault. Uh, more on that in a moment. So Michael Kopech returned to action after some time on the shelf dealing with a leg issue. Uh, it was not the outing he would have liked, but by the time the game was over, you almost forgot he was the starting pitcher. Uh, we'll take you to the third inning. Uh, Seattle, they struck first, a uh, double scored a leadoff walk. A.J. Pollock might have thought it was going to be a home run, 
Uh, Kopech struggled to find the arm slot, something that can happen when you've been on the shelf for a while. Uh, fastballs flying out of the zone. Tough to get that breaking ball over consistently. Uh, Harrison booted a ball at second base. There's that defense we've been talking about. Seattle had runners at the corners with only one out. Uh, and after Seattle uh, scored on a sack fly, Suarez absolutely demolished a baseball to deep uh, left field and out for nothing Seattle after three. Ugly fourth inning. Uh, Sox just put up two runs. Uh, in the top half. Hope for a quick inning. Uh, let the Sox get back at it. Two quick roundouts. Then Harrison once again bobbles the ball, extends the inning, more pitches on Kopech's arm. Andrews can't catch a ball down the third baseline. It popped out of his glove. Uh, that's where I thought maybe Mankata could have had that, but you know he's got these leg issues, so he couldn't help out there. Uh, Cairo pulls Kopech after all of that. Ruiz comes in. Uh, Kopech, he looked livid. You know, I, these Sox pitchers, I feel like they have to be so fine and so perfect because they are concerned about what's behind them defensively. And again, like we discussed, there has been a, a resurgence of attitude, of energy, but this, there's still these defensive miscues. Thankfully, the Sox were able to overcome them uh, on Wednesday. Ruiz came in, though. He walked the first person he faced. I went from two outs with nobody on to bases loaded with two outs. And after all of that, Seattle does not score. It was still a a 4-2 game. Kopech's final line, three and two-thirds of an inning, four hits, four earned runs, a couple of walks, four strikeouts. He threw 74 pitches and has got an ERA, uh, 3.78. Fifth inning, Ruiz stayed in. Uh, he gave way to Diekman, though, with two outs and a runner at second. Sox denied the Mariners once again. Uh, and then in the sixth, Diekman stayed in the game and gave up a lead-off walk. Sox just scored four runs in the top half. Come on, man. You cannot be doing that. Uh, Diekman eventually got pulled in favor of Joe Kelly, of all people. I was not excited to see Kelly in this high-leverage situation. There were two on, one out. Uh, Kelly walks the first batter, uh, Rodriguez, bases loaded. The the issue with Joe Kelly, and there's a lot of them, he has no control. Uh, I mean, that is the biggest issue, in my opinion. Uh, You know, you can't come in as a reliever in high leverage situations and be walking people and taking, you know, 3-0 counts, 3-1 counts. Uh, Seattle did add one on. It was 6-5 socks after six. Seventh inning, wow, this was intense. Aaron Bummer hasn't pitched since June 7th. He comes into the game. Uh, First batter, he faced Suarez, and he hit his second home run of the game. Absolutely unreal. It was 6-6 at this point. Uh, Took some time for Bummer to settle in, but after 20-something pitches, he finally got out of the inning. Eighth inning of all people, Vince Velasquez comes in, and he faces the top of the lineup. Talk about a high leverage situation. You got the shadows of T-Mobile Park starting to play a role. Uh, Ground out, strikeout, and ground out. Elvis Andres throwing some outstanding leather to get out of that inning uh, with nothing. And then the ninth, Liam Hendricks strikes out the side, gets his 31st save game over. After Wednesday's win, this is what Miguel Cairo had to say. Believe me. This team right here, this team is good. Not good, really good. 
It shows today. It shows yesterday, the day before at home. This is what you're going to get every day. You think he's excited with how the sacks are playing right now? Hey, it's Dylan Cease Day. The sacks begin a four-game series against the Athletics in Oakland. How will Dylan Cease respond since almost making history? How will the White Sox offense respond in a ballpark that has given them a lot of problems over the years? Hey, thanks for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. Now for your second listen, go check out the ultimate pro football preview 2022. An eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Lockdown Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Lockdown Bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for ultimate pro football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, I will recap Dylan Cease's outing and hopefully be discussing a White Sox winner. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.